I'm Todd Brinker. I'll be joined shortly by uh, Aaron Brinker, and we're coming into you after our radio show on KCAA Radio in San Bernardino. It is um, a, a glorious day here. We actually got down to almost freezing here in Southern California last night, which is horrifying. <laughs> it was cold. Yeah, I know the rest of the country and anybody who lives up north goes, yeah, yeah, suck it up, buttercup. But it got down to about 35 degrees, and so, yeah, you know, you break out the extra blankets, and, I, I, you know, I don't turn the heat up much because I don't want to heat the whole house when, when I'm, you know, sleeping, I, and, I, and I don't like sleeping in a hot hot house anyway. So, um, so you know, I set the thermostat so that the heat would come on if it got, you know, below 60 or below, you know, 58 or something like that. It's like, that's getting darn chilly. But, uh, uh, you know, we just threw an extra blanket on the bed and said, all right, snuggle up and we'll stay warm. And that's what we did. And so, uh, yeah, you know, we're actually getting some nice, what's California winter, what the rest of the country would probably call autumnal weather happening right now. And, you know, hopefully it'll kind of stay like this through till we hit springtime. So we're, you know, temperatures in the 60s and 70s and you know, intermittent clouds and sunshine and, uh, you know, all in all pretty good. So as we left the air, Aaron and I were talking about a variety of things and she had said something about Mickey D's and somehow I, in my, um, you know, uh, ever, ever, uh, expanding lack of wisdom thought of Mickey Thomas from the band Starship. Now, Starship was made with the remnants of what used to be Jefferson Airplane and then Jefferson Starship, but Paul Kantner, who was the last remaining founding member, left the band, and then basically he and his former bandmates told the people who were still in the band, you can't keep using Jefferson or Airplane. And so for a while they called themselves Starship Jefferson, but once they they uh, got the stop order from, I guess he took them to court, um, then they just shortened the name to Starship and just called themselves Starship, which is interesting because Gray Slick, who was one of the original members of the band, actually then joined up with them for a while. But uh, I was thinking of that song, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Nothing's gonna stop us. Gray Slick. I'm jumping around. This was actually done for the movie Mannequin. There we go. Yeah, so no one's going to stop us now, baby. Um, yeah, the movie Mannequin. I don't know if anybody ever remembered that movie, but uh, it was a um, kind of uh, hokey 80s movie that was um, starring Andrew McCarthy and Kim Cattrall. Uh, she later on went on to uh, fame on um, the... Uh, Sex in the City series as one of the four ladies in that. And, uh, uh, but she played 
basically a mannequin that came to life and uh, and uh, McCarthy's character fell for her deeply it was uh, it was you know it was cute I remember when it came out I enjoyed it, it was 87 it wasn't so bad so um, anyhow so uh, later today Apple's got a one more thing event so I'm gonna do my best to to channel Bill McNeil from the TV show News Radio. He was played by Phil Hartman, and I will. Hi, Aaron. How are you today? Say that again. I said, "How are you?" <laughs> I'm good. It's all weathery out there, so. Um, it was pretty chilly last night, but it's it's nice and sunny. I was just saying, you know, it's nice that we're getting these these cool days. I enjoy this time of year here in Southern California. I, I I'm not do. a. It is it is a crisp forty nine degrees, but it is blue skies and the sun is high in the sky. And, oh, not mm-hmm. high yet. It's rising, and it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's just, when people visit Southern California, this is especially over the you know in the autumn and the winter, winter. This is what they see, and they go like, "Oh, I get it, I get it." You know, you come here July, August, September, and you go, "What on earth are you doing in this place?" Yeah, exactly. But, you know, exactly. otherwise it's not so bad. So, no, um, be worse. There are people who live in Phoenix and Vegas. There are, there are. Uh, not sure why, but yes, there are. <laughs> So, um, just a moment ago, you responded to uh, a story text that I sent you. So, uh, we didn't talk about it on the radio, but Apple's having their One More Thing event. And I was going to do my best to to channel uh, Bill McNeil, as played by Phil Hartman, and, and read this uh, <laughs> One More Thing. One More Thing follows earlier events for iPad and Apple Watch in September, followed by an iPhone event in October to announce the iPhone 12 range. The tech giant is expected to focus on Mac and Mac OS Big Sur, the last version of the Mac operating system due for release before the end of the year. Apple first announced the ARM chip at its June Worldwide Developers Conference, calling it a historical change to its Mac lineup. The new processor is set to include range capabilities such as HDR display support, more storage, high bandwidth, and more. Wayne Lamb, Senior Director of Research at CSS Insight, said that the move builds on a huge investment that Apple has already made in ARM-based designs. Now, what I don't understand is why they're putting ARMs into a computer. What would that do? Are they going to type for you? What, yeah, no. what is ARM? I'm acronym. Yeah. No, it's actually not. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, it's a different type of chip. So up to this point, all Macintoshes have had chips that were made. Well, no, that's not true either. For the last 15 years, all Macintoshes that were made had uh, Intel chips in them, same as Windows PCs. They were Intel inside, uh, even though they didn't put that label on Macs. But they, they were. They were designed by Intel inside. The computer processor inside came from Intel, like every other computer. Apple has been designing their own computer chips for iPads and iPhones now since the iPhone 4. And as a result, they've gotten good enough at it that they believe that they can now use those for computers as well. And some advantages will be that the newer computers will be able to run iPad and iPhone apps directly on your laptop. Um, So there's some additions that will be built into it. 
Uh, and today we'll find out exactly what the first bit of hardware is that's going to be capable of doing that, what it's going to look like. Most people are presuming it's going to be laptops. The other advantage of these kind of things is that of uh, these chips, excuse me, are that they will be significantly less, uh, they will need significantly less power, meaning you'll get much longer battery life, even though they'll be a faster, more powerful chip. So you should get a faster, more powerful computer that runs on batteries much longer. Cool. And we'll also allow them to do things like they've done with their iPads much more easily, which is put in like Face ID and perhaps even build in uh, cellular modems so that your laptop can be connected everywhere you go because it'll tie into the cellular system instead of uh, hanging it off of your phone as a as a connecting point. So there's lots of options and capabilities that are uh, going to be presented here. Rumor has it that there'll be a replacement for their entire MacBook range. So basically a new MacBook Air, a 13-inch MacBook Pro, and a 16-inch MacBook Pro. But we won't know that till they they actually officially announce what they're doing at 10 o'clock today, Pacific time. So, so. You, know, you know, as far as having, having you know, the connectivity ability on your, on your laptop like you would an iPad or an iPhone, the challenge with that then is that you have to buy a second or third data plan. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, for me, I, I might as well just use my phone. Yeah, it depends because... The data plans also sometimes limit the amount of tethering data you're allowed to use. Yeah, one of the things, one of the things that they will be doing is um, is this new version of Mac OS. Because they're rewriting it to work on this new chip, rumor has it that that it's largely going to be written so that a lot of the stuff that happens in the background on your laptop will now um, check to see whether you're on a Wi-Fi versus a cellular connection. So that it will limit that, because you know, basically the the it, uh, the OS that's running on the Mac laptops is the same one that was written originally for Macs that were on desktops, and the presumption was that you always had power and that you always had internet connectivity, and so they there are lots of um, applications and uh, and system features that are doing things in the background, checking in, checking time, checking location, checking, you know, sending data back up, backing things up to the cloud, that you don't want that to happen over cellular data. It would eat up your data plan. And and when they designed iOS and iPadOS from the beginning, they designed them such that they don't do all that stuff and that you can you can go into your settings and adjust when they're allowed to do things over cellular data versus doing things over a Wi-Fi data because Wi-Fi costs you nothing sitting at home or in your office. Right. And and so, but that was never built into Mac OS, and and so some of the core functions of Mac OS had to be redesigned. And the rumor is is that because they had to redesign Mac OS to run on these new chips, that that's where they went back and put in some of that stuff to manage power consumption and radio consumption in order to make Mac OS more online friendly. So even if you're, if you're using your um, phone as a hotspot, you should find that the new Mac OS Big Sur, Sur, which is also expected to be announced today, will make your, your device much more um, online friendly. And so um, that'll probably be a pretty major upgrade for everybody because there will be a version of Big Sur that works on uh, Intel Macs as well. So everybody will be able to upgrade. Oh, cool. 
So, and of course, once it's actually out and we know what's going on, then we'll be able to talk more specifically about what it really does do. A lot of this at this point is still presumption. I mean, there's been some beta versions that are out and available for developers, but very often all the features are not necessarily in the beta version. Some features they hold back so that they have something to talk about today. <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, I wonder, do they, have they given a price point for any of that? Are, are the prices going up a lot? We have no idea. Uh, again, we'll find out today when they actually make the official announcements. Um, there's been some presumption that the prices might go down because they don't have to pay a fee to Intel to put the um, processor in it. But that sounds very un-Apple-like in my experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> App- yeah, Apple generally says, we build better stuff and you'll pay a premium for it because you acknowledge that it's better. And so, you know. I would be shocked if I saw any prices go down, which means iPad or uh, uh, you know the um, MacBook Airs are just under a thousand dollars. MacBook Pros usually three or four hundred dollars more starting, and then depending on how you configure them, they'll go up from there. Huh. One of the other uh, so- benefits of this is they tend to run cooler, and so um, very often the designs are fanless. So um, like an iPad, you don't have a fan in there, which also saves battery. Um, but it, because you don't have a fan in it, they can, there's no mechanical spinning fan inside the devices. You can make them smaller and lighter and easier to carry as well. Not only will they be faster in terms of computing power, but they'll be lighter and easier to carry around. So if you live in a hot climate, say you live in South Florida or you live in Palm Springs here. or you live in <laughs> here, um, you know, in the summer, is that a problem? Um, it hasn't been for people's iPhones and iPads to this point, and they don't have fans in them. They're using the same basic types of chips. Okay, but but they're smaller. Now, but okay. Yeah, okay, but well, presumably, well, a larger device will have more surface area with which to cool the device internally because it's done passively. So that's part of the reason they went to um, aluminum cases is because they actually use the case itself as a heat sink to cool things off. So uh, it shouldn't be a problem, basically, is, is the answer. Um, you know, they, they put certain enge- engineering constraints in when they design these things. Um, and I don't, you know, they wouldn't make it so that they would have trouble. If, if they have trouble in hot areas, then it's certainly going to be an error on their part. Okay. Yeah, and I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm genuinely asking because I don't know. Um, right. You know, Well, I will tell you that I have um, in the past used my phone as a GPS and just driving with the sun coming through the window while I'm driving, the phone got so hot that it it, it shut it, you know, the phone goes into like a cool down mode where it just blanks the screen. I've had that happen just driving down the road with the air conditioner on the room. It, you know, it feels comfortable to me in the vehicle, but because the sun is coming through the windshield, and yeah. it was on the phone. The phone got too hot and said, nope, I'm going to shut down for a little while until I cool off. Yes. Now, that has happened to me on my phone, but only a, like a couple of times in the last several years. Because then I, right. I really try to keep it in a cooler place. Right. Um, and it hasn't happened yeah. to me recently either. So the newer phones, I think, are better at that. But yes. It, I, so, you know, they are sensitive to heat. Yeah. Oh my god! I just watched somebody cut somebody else off. Like she didn't even look as she ran a stop sign. Oh my! Goodness. Oh my gosh! That's terrifying. Yes, it is. Sorry. <laughs> no. As long as when you're going, <gasps> it's it's yes. not uh, you know you. <laughs> as long as it's not followed by horrible crunching and crashing sounds, I'm oh, good. 
that would be terrible. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm still safe. I'm good. Um, Excellent. I would have had to slam on my brakes because they were in front of me. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm still good. For those of you who are new, those of you all who are new to the podcast, um, I drive home from the radio station where we broadcast from six to seven a.m. Monday through Friday, and uh, and uh, on my way home, yeah. we start the podcast. Yeah, we start while you're in transit. That's right. Which, uh, you know, has its ups and downs. It has its exciting moments. So. <laughs> it's true. We, we do what we can do. We can do no more. But we can do no more. Uh, so yeah. Are you, um, and I'm thinking about the holidays. And, um, holiday, you know. holiday, dance to the yes. music. Holiday. Holiday. I could have gone with Madonna's holiday too, but do 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 do. But no, I didn't go there. Yeah, I I despise anything that Madonna puts out. I'm <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan of Madonna. No. Well, we could go back to Starship. <laughs> you remember that song? I, I do, but I. That was Grace Slick and Mickey Thomas in Starship. That was for the movie Mannequin in 1987. Uh, well, I prefer Jefferson Airplane to Jefferson Starship and then Starship. Right. Yeah. And I would say that, too. It's, it's, it's um, you know, by the time they got to Starship, nobody who was in Jefferson Airplane or Jefferson Starship was still in the band. And then Grace Lick came back and rejoined the band. So, you know, but they had to change their name because basically all the original members said you can't call yourself Jefferson Starship if nobody from Jefferson Starship's in the band. And right. they... they had a court agreement saying that the six or seven people that were originally in the band all had to agree or you couldn't use the name. So even when Grace Lick rejoined the band, they weren't allowed to reuse the name because not all of them agreed. So, um, and so they just went with Starship instead. Well, so. that's good because they put out that ridiculous, I, we built this video on rock and roll song. I wouldn't want right. my name associated with that. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it was a hit for them, and then this one was a hit. They had a couple hits as Starship, which is, you know, they were definitely more more poppy and less uh, psychedelic funky than they were initially. But, uh, yeah, well, they're paying some bills. That's, that's how I see that, because they yeah. were fundamentally a different band. Oh, yeah, like literally nobody from the original band was there, and then they brought Grace Slick back, and you know, and she sang, but I don't know that she did much else. I don't think she was writing or anything, so it was, uh, twas what it twas. Yes. So, um, I do, I do remember the movie Mannequin. I remember seeing it, but I don't remember anything Mm -hmm. more than that. Yeah. Um, It was, it was kind of cheesy. No, it was, um, oh shoot. I was just had her name up. She was, uh, on Sex and the City. Um, Kim Cattrall? Yeah, Kim Cattrall. Young Kim Cattrall played the mannequin. And, uh... Mannequin, right here. Andrew McCarthy was the star. And Estelle Getty was in it. Uh, And, uh, yeah, he basically played a guy who, who, like, uh, helped dress mannequins and and worked in in an apartment store. And uh, this mannequin came to life and he fell in love with her. And... She was beautiful, and and Starship sang a song for the two of them, and then they made a sequel. Oh God! 
And if you thought the first one was bad, the sequel had nobody from the original one in it. They replaced everybody. <laughs> Except for Meshach Taylor. Meshach Taylor was in it. Do you remember he played like a, like a designer or something in that store? And he came back. The rest of them were like, eh. You know, you know it's a stinker when none of the cast, will, except the one, will come back. Yeah. You know they, look, they read that script and went, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so yeah, looking at a yeah. picture from the movie, and her makeup was awful. That 80s makeup was really terrible. <laughs> yeah, the, the, in the 80s? lay frizzy <laughs> hair and the... Yes. Yeah, it, it, when I play that little uh, clip of the music, it go, you can you can go to we built this no, um, uh, uh, the, what's it? Nothing's going to stop us now on YouTube, and it's they have the official video there, and they cut in pieces of uh, you know scenes from the movie. So there's scenes of like Kim Cattrall, and then there's scenes of of Andrew McCarthy riding a motorcycle and and a mannequin sitting behind him instead of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he was a. It was a very cheesy movie, but I remember when it came out, I thought it was kind of cute. Yes, well, you know, At the eighties were very cheesy. Yeah, in the moment, <laughs> I thought it was cute. Oh, all right. So, um, apparently, ex Google, an ex Google CEO or ex Google CEO, just bought a passport to EU. So. Eric Schmidt has applied and been approved for citizenship in Cyprus in a passport for sale scheme. I, I, they call it a scheme here, it says on Newser, but, but every country allows you to do this. You can buy your way into legal residency mm-hmm. in any country. You know, yeah. clearly, he was, he was the CEO of Google. He can clearly afford it. Yeah, you think? I think that's inside yeah. his uh, budget. I actually yes. looked into it once just for fun to see what it would cost to emigrate to New Zealand. You know, looks beautiful down there. Yes, it wouldn't mind deep. picking up the accent. But actually, yeah, you, you could go ahead. Sorry. Well, you have to have a specific specific set of skills. They're they're letting in people who have certain job skills, and and then there, yeah, I think there was like a one point two million dollar like price tag if you just wanted to just buy your way in and go live there. I mean, anybody can go there on vacation or, you know, I mean, that's, that's, but if you wanted to actually like try to move there and become a citizen. Yes. And, and honestly, Todd, you probably have one of the skill sets that they need in, in your computer <laughs> technology. I talk on the radio. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I'm talking about your tech knowledge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, what? Know, they, they're not looking for swim coaches? There's no, been a run on them not. lately. They're hard to find swim coaches. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I could probably, you know, swing it. And, and quite frankly, you know, uh, you know, they're also always looking for teachers. And I've, you know, I've been a teacher and I've got that background and my wife's a teacher. So, you know, if we really wanted to do it, we could probably do it. But I can't imagine either of us saying, okay. You know, as, as exciting and fun as that sounds, then you start thinking about, like, your kids and the rest of your family are, you know, thousands of miles away. You'd have to spend almost an entire day in an airplane to get back, and it's expensive, so you won't be able to do it. And you go, do you really want to be that isolated from your loved ones? Yeah, in a country you know, you where know. they may not trust you for a good long time because you're a foreigner, and that's just human yeah. nature. Yeah. Yeah. So. Although, you know, it, it almost invariably, 
it starts out with a certain amount of curiosity and sometimes distrust, but as soon as you know somebody, you know, and it doesn't take long to get to know somebody within a week or two of knowing somebody and seeing them, of course, these days with lockdowns and stuff, who knows, but, um, you know, you, you feel so much more comfortable with people. You really do. I, you know, I was thinking about that last night, some of the issues that uh, different communities have had with trusting police. And even then, a lot of people in those communities say, we want policing. We just want policing that we can trust. And the way to solve that is, you know, community policing and, and saying, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll help pay for your housing expenses if you move into the area that you work in as a teacher or a policeman or as any kind of like government employee. And you just get to know these people. It's hard to get mad and to say, I hate somebody when he's your neighbor, you know? Um, Although some neighbors don't get along. That's true. Oh yeah. There is that whole thing too. But you know what I mean? It's like, when, when you know people in general, you're less likely to generalize about them. You, you may not like them because of who they are, but you won't like them or you might not like them because of the person that they are, but not because of where they come from or what their background is or their ethnicity, because you'll, they'll be a neighbor. You'll know them, you know? Right. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to love somebody, but, but at least, you know, there it's, it seems to me to be much more, um, genuine to say, I dislike you then I dislike your kind in air quotes, right? Yes. Yeah, well, and that's the whole reason why, not the whole reason, but that's the, the idea behind foreign exchange students. You know, right. they were, when they were really, AFS was the first one to do it uh, after World War II, and it was between the United States and Germany as a way of, of building bridges and understanding. And, you know, I, I happen to believe very much in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, you know, there was that it, famous... Like, um, documentary about kids from Palestine and kids from um, Israel going to summer camp together. You know, it's like, what a great idea. It's kind of tough to hate the guy on the other side of the wall when he's your buddy. Exactly. You know, and you get them when they're like, you know, 10, 12 years old and stay in touch with each other. Yes. You know? Yes. Get them before there's hate in their heart. It's it's a real Uh person. Right. Yeah, it's not those others over there. It's it's my friend, you know, Ishmael or whatever. Exactly. That popped into my head from Moby Dick. Oh, they call me Ishmael. Yeah. Did you have to read that in high school? I don't know that I had to read it in high school. I don't recall having to read that as like, you know, one of the things that was on the reading list, but I have read it. I'm one of those weird, strange people who says, hey, this is a classic. There must be a reason they call it a classic. I think I'll read it. So I have done that in the past there with multiple books. There are some classics, though, that I find absolutely agonizing. I yeah. Am not oh, I'm not saying they're all... Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Bronte sisters, for example. Yeah. My mother loved Wuthering Heights. Yeah, well, there's something for everyone, right? Yeah, exactly. And I haven't tried to read it as an adult. Maybe I would have mm-hmm. a different opinion. But um, right. I just, I just found it hard to get through. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, you know, the, they're classics for a reason, but sometimes that reason is, you know, uh, English teachers love it. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't have that set, if you're not, if you're not inclined to that career and you don't have that particular set of training, you may find it a little dry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know? 
I mean, uh, you know, and it's, it's true of everything. You know, the uh, one of the shows on Apple TV Plus is a show called Dickinson, and it's a comedy. Imagine a reimagining of the young life of Emily Dickinson, and it has gotten very good reviews. Oh, I I'll check it out. tried watching an episode; didn't work for me. I thought, well, I'm going to stick with it. I think I got to episode four and just said, "This is just not for me. <laughs> I'm not enjoying this. I am not laughing. Oh, I don't sad. find it funny. I'm not going to re- watch anymore." And so I just quit. You know, and it's like that's okay. It's it's not for me. You know. Obviously, somebody likes it. It's getting really good reviews. And, uh, you know, more power to those who love it. Well, it's like Tobin watching John Wick. It's like, excuse me, I'm leaving now. (laughs) Do you like the John Wick movies? You know, I do, but I know what they are. I mean, I don't, you know, they're not... (laughs) I don't uh, wait anxiously for the next episode, you know, the next... uh, one being released because it's like you know it's it's a shoot 'em up. There's not a lot of depth there, you know. It's just a bunch but of guys. Every, I swear, so many guys that I know, so many guys that I know, love those movies, love yeah. them. And it's yeah. like it's oh, like it's, it's like the violence. guys that love the um, the Godfather series or or yes, exactly. um, you know uh, Apocalypse Now, you know. And see, I, I really like Apocalypse Now, the Godfather series. It's a great movie, but I could take it or leave it. I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those guys who quotes Godfather. Um. So yeah, Haley Steinfeld is the plays the lead in Dickinson, by the way. Um, and I really oh. enjoy her work a lot too. She's very good. And is and funny. Um, I didn't find it funny, and yet again, I could see when they were trying to be humorous. Uh. But, uh, you know Jane Krakowski? Yes. Yes, she's also in it. So, I mean, it's it's basically called a period comedy, a black comedy, and a historical drama. Those are the genres that it, they kind of listed under. It's a dramedy. And, like I said, I mean, I didn't hate it. It just wasn't for me. So, um, do you ever look at the Neiman Marcus catalog at their fans? Never once gifts? in my entire life. <laughs> Tell me why I should. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there that only the fabulously wealthy can afford. Ah, um, okay. And and uh, you know they that explains uh, why I've never looked at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So the curated they have a curated experiences um, section, and they have a three hundred and forty-five thousand five night dollar five night getaway to the Sheldon Mountain House in Alaska. And that's just 10 miles from the summit of Denali, where guests can enjoy glacier exploration while accompanied by private Denali guides and a professional photographer. Hmm. So, yes. You don't have to do selfies. You can pay somebody else to do the pictures. Exactly. So for 215000 up to six people can visit Montage Heldsburg Resort in California's wine country and come home with a year's supply of wine. So if you're really wealthy, then you don't do selfies, you do wealthies? <laughs> yes, that's what you do. So Wouldn't that I, be perfect? I don't know why the Kardashians haven't figured that out. They probably another, have. They probably anyway, have. keep going. For another $345,000, this getaway, there is a seven-night stay at Canyon Ranch in Northern California, where guests will be greeted by a team of nutritionists, physicians, and life coaches 
to design a year-long regimen. So other top-range gifts include a $145,000 game room designed by Jonathan Adler and a $255,000 Bowless Endless Highway Bespoke Performance Edition travel trailer with an electrical system that can get it from Los Angeles to New York on a single charge. Wow. But when something goes wrong, who do you call? Yeah, I have no idea. $250,000. Well, at least everything in there is a bargain. Yeah, it's true. There you go. So the catalog also includes a custom collection of Keith and James hats for Mm $95,000. There's a lot of words like bespoke and custom and one of a kind. (laughs) Those are marketing terms. Yeah. And a $295,000 customized library, including furniture... And one of a kind objet de art. One of a kind. Uh, I can make you a one of a kind objet de art. Uh, I promise you, it will be one of a kind, and it will be an objet. <laughs> the art part might be a little weird, but David Marcus's CEO Jeffrey Van. Ram dunk. <laughs> okay. That's the best part of the whole story. Says the book reflects the fact that people are spending more time at home. Everyone is yeah, so going to a library. holiday this year. Now, there are several trips in there. That's not at home. That is true. But it reflects you know. that because he said so and Van Dunk wouldn't lie. <laughs> because you get object to our objets or objects to art. <laughs> <laughs> you can hang in your home or in your two hundred and fifty-five thousand uh, dollar travel travel. Oh trailer. no, my objet de art would have to be set in the foyer. It'll need a pedestal. <laughs> it would be a multimedia experience too, because there would be scent. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, to be so rich that you don't know what to do with your money, huh? Yeah. You know, there are things you can do with your money. There are things you can do with your money that will benefit people. And, um, you know, they it's their money. They can do what they want. But uh, yeah. I, I see, I, you know, you see stories of rich people doing ridiculous things with their yeah. money. Well, you know, so when you've got enough money, money that you can buy an Auger d'Art. <laughs> Pardon me. And still feed the homeless in your area, then more power to you. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about trying to find a place where I could just buy some cheap blankets because I was driving to Lowe's the other day and passed underneath the freeway, and sure enough, in absolutely iconic fashion, there's a guy curled up on the freeway overpass, and it's freaking cold out. Um... And I thought, you know, I need some blankets so I can just stop and offer some blankets to this, you know, if I see that again. So I want to try to find some blankets that I can throw in the back of my truck and, you know, just pull over and offer them to somebody. You know, I'm I'm disinclined to offer them money because I'm not sure how that will be spent. Uh, But, but, you know, if, if you're sleeping on the concrete under a freeway overpass, you need some help. You know, and yeah. if you can lend a hand well, to somebody, then do it. If you just give them money, I mean, it's, 
they're likely probably not going to go to Bed Bath and Beyond and buy a blanket or whatever. Right. That's why I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going yeah. to judge as to what they will or won't do, but odds are, you know, uh, a blanket will be useful and that I can do. I used to carry around uh, McDonald's gift cards, and you know, if somebody came up to me while I was pumping gas, which hasn't happened a lot recently, but used to happen quite a bit, there was somebody coming up and saying, "Hey, can you help me out?" or something, and I'd give them the gift card and say, "Hey, you know, there's America. There's a McDonald's within a mile of here, guaranteed." That's true. <laughs> usually, usually more than one, um, you know. And I got the thing big enough that you could get a burger, fries, and a drink. Usually, it was you know. Back in the day, it was five bucks. I don't know how much uh, it would have to be these days to cover that. But you know, with their with their dollar menus, you can still get some reasonably reasonably nutritious piles of grease and fat. But at least it's <laughs> yeah, warm. Grease and fat will keep you warm in the winter. Yeah, at least it's warm. Pack it on. Pack exactly. it on, buddy. You know, I know I do. Outside, you need that. Yeah, yeah so I'm sleeping inside, and I apparently need it. <laughs> So I'm saying I need it, and I'm saying apparently because I'm putting it on whether I yeah, intended to or me not. Me too. Me too. Oh. You know, I'm a, I'm a an, an anxious eater, and mm-hmm. there's just been a lot of a lot to be anxious about in the last uh-huh. few months. And Absolutely. unfortunately, I'm just this battle with myself. I'm you know I I want to yeah. eat. Yeah, it's like it's sitting that you're sitting there at home and and the kitchen is only a few steps away it's i totally get that i i walk by and you know grab something that takes zero prep you know which means like a chip or a cookie or you know things that yes. i don't need not even really that hungry but you know just go by pop it in my mouth because it's there and uh you know whether it's anxiety or you know boredom or whatever it's 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 takes a lot of of just discipline to say wait a minute no and i don't want to do that and uh, I have, to this point, not displayed that discipline. Yep, I'm right there with you. So I want to really quickly here at the end of our, our uh, podcast today, I want to talk about Alex Trebek. Apparently, he yeah. spent his last day doing exactly what he wanted to do. And he said, he had said, you know, before, you know, before he became terminally ill, I think, uh-huh. Uh, that he wanted to sit in a swing with his wife, and that's what. Oh, he did. I thought he. I thought he was going. You were going to say he was twerking on Sunset Strip. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, if I was dying, I would want to do something like you know that I hadn't done in a while, like get up and dance. But he probably couldn't do that. Probably couldn't so, do that. So yeah, but sitting in a, yeah, sitting in a swing that you know honestly that sounds lovely, doesn't it? He does. So in all seriousness. Yes. Yeah, so he. Um, uh, he was, even in his book, apparently he's written a book, he described that he wanted his final day to be sitting on his swing next to his wife, Jean, and any, uh, and any kind of, uh, and kind of, not any, and kind of watching the horizon, and, and he got to do that. So um, they were, he was coherent, he wasn't in pain, and in fact, he'd had a nice final day, and um, that makes everybody around him feel much better about how he yeah. went out. Yeah. Well, don't you think about it? If you you know, if you think about it, how would you want to go? You know, and it's like, other than the answer, um, I can't remember where I heard it. It was like, you know, at 115 in my sleep. You know, Uh, you know. I mean, honestly, if you're dying of stage four pancreatic cancer, I can't imagine that that's not a very painful way to be dying. Um, 
but apparently, you know, he had, they were managing the pain, and you get to, you know, spend a few minutes with the person you built a life with. I mean, yeah. you know, doesn't get better than that, right? And evidently, he did it. He was in the swing that he built himself. So, oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, which I just apparently he was handy, and so yeah, you know, I think that I think that's lovely. I think that's yeah. lovely. Oh, it says he rebuilt it earlier in the year. So, yeah. Well, you know, and he, he worked up until a couple of days, you know, it was it 10 days. I think he did his last filming 10 days before he passed. And so, yes. you know, he, he obviously was doing well enough that he was still able to have a productive life and enjoy the people around him, uh, you know, as time ran out. So, I mean, you really can't ask for anything better than that. That's just, um, you know, good for him. And, and my condolences to his family. They've lost somebody very dear to them. Did you hear that George uh, Stephanopoulos wants to be the new host? Really? He's been yeah. He's been lobbying the ABC Brass to be able to to have him, let him be the host of Jeopardy. I think what they should do is when the the pre recorded uh, episodes have run out, they should have like just a rotating cast of all stars come through for a little while, just to you know kind of as an homage to him, and then settle on somebody rather than just pick somebody you know or they may just say we're going to take it off the air but i can't imagine they'll do that it's been a successful show for so long they'll at least try to keep it going with somebody new you know yeah i think it would be a mistake to make it stephanopoulos though i think he's enough of a polarizing political figure that people would have it had that would that would distract from the show itself yeah i would say okay that's fine but you have to give up the morning show and give up any any work within the news division you know, you're going yeah. to be non-political now. You have to just, you know, go a different direction. And I can't see him doing that because I can't see I him. Think I think you're Ken Jennings. Honestly, you'd mentioned that yesterday. I think that would be excellent. He is incredibly well spoken and knows the game better than anybody on the planet and and is recognizable and recognizable in conjunction with that show. Um, I Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, they, that if he's at all interested, they should at least ask him if he wants to do it. Yes. Well, and I think that the fans would enjoy seeing him there because they know. Yeah. Him. Yeah, and as somebody who had deep affection and respect for Alex Trebek as well, you know, and so he would honor him in the way he would run the show. So. So I'm I'm, I'm picturing um, uh, Daryl Hammond as um, Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how certain things just bring up images, right? You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was, a, if you've not seen it, that's a great Saturday Night Live skit with uh, Daryl Hammond as, as a completely bath. Uh, sadly, you know, they said that Sean Connery died of uh, dementia from uh, Alzheimer's disease. So. Oh. So, you know, but in the in the skit, this is long before that, before it was public knowledge, but they basically showed him as misunderstanding ev- virtually everything or ignoring everything that anybody said and responding yeah. wrong. And it was just hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious skit. And he was, a, he was a contestant on Jeopardy. And I'm trying yeah. to remember who played um, Alex Trebek in, those, in that skit. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't remember, but Daryl Hammond was very 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 memorable <laughs> alright so with that we are at the end of our show for today 
I'm going to the Saturday Night Live Jeopardy skit real quick. We'll just see if we can figure it out. It was, oh, it was, um, uh, let's see. So, uh, so they had uh, Jimmy Stewart, Burt Reynolds, Sean Connery were the, were the uh, supposed people. And um, uh, who is that? Oh, shoot. Um, it I got his name right here, right here. Yeah, I've got it right here. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell oh, played Alex Trebek. Right. Will Ferrell. And, and, and a, an incredibly frustrated, irritated, because all three guests were, like, not answering the questions right, ignoring the questions, answering different questions. It was funny as all get out. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I, I was on the SNL 40 special. Alex Trebek was Will Ferrell. Daryl Hammond was Sean Connery. Um, Kate McKinnon was Justin Bieber. And Tony Bennett was Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin is Tony Bennett. Yeah. And then, um, and then Burt Reynolds came in uh, at the end, played by Norm MacDonald. Yeah. Yeah. You can Google it. Uh, Google uh, SNL 40 Celebrity Jeopardy. And, uh, and you'll get it. Oh, my gosh. So, hey, um, we do. Those of you who watch Generation Tech, by the way, we, we didn't do it yesterday. We're doing it today after the Apple announcement. So we'll be on about 1130 Pacific time if you want to watch that live. Otherwise, you can pick it up on your subscription. So thanks for joining us. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.